Welcome to Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis, where intellectual dissident thought meets melodic euphonious reality. I am your musically magnanimous host, Nick the Saucy One Catsaurus, broadcasting to you live from the shadow of Hurricane Mountain here in Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my percussively proficient, say that five times real fast, co-host, Calling in all the way from Charm City, Maryland, my pal Odell Norman. Merry Christmas, sir. You too, man. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Be careful what you say, but, you know, watch the whole thing. Oh, Christmas. yeah, yeah, yeah. We just did a, a, a War is Ho, 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 Hell episode <laughs> last Sunday about all the political correctness of War on Christmas garbage. <laughs> and oh, this week, not lurking in the shadows... Actually going to be at the forefront for this episode. She's usually pretty um, in the background on the music show. But since she loves all things Christmas, our amazingly jubile uh, producer, Danielle D. Prizer. I'm dying. Uh, no, I'm just another day and a half, man. Another day and a half. And then I have two weeks off of work. And I'm so, so excited. And then, starting, like, Tuesday, I have two weeks off of school, too. So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's going to be freaking awesome. Like, I can't even. But for and now, we're I feel like, too, Christmas because, Sunday. Like, we're opening our present yeah. Sunday. So it's extended Christmas yeah. for us. Oh, my gosh. I'm, oh, yes. I can't wait. I'm like, I'm All right. Wipe the drool off, Homer. I know, right? Well, and it's not so much about what I'm getting. It's I cannot wait to see whatever, like, to see everybody's faces. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Very nice. So I started the um, episode with my favorite song, my favorite Christmas song. Um, and I wanted to ask you guys, starting with Odell, how important was Christmas music in your house growing up? I mean, I know people like us who have the musical bug and who are musicians, like, really have a love of music. Was Christmas music really right. important in your household growing up? It was It was pretty big. It wasn't, we <laughs> we weren't the family that had, like, the piano and everybody gathered around and, you know, and sing the carols. The Cosby and sweater. Stuff, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, no, it was important. We, um, we always played the, uh, holiday music or we had it on in the car, um, you know, and then, of course, my parent, my dad was in a choir for a while at, at our church, so they always did, like, the uh, Christmas, uh, what's it called, the Christmas cantata thing, so that, you know, there was always that music that he would have to go over parts and stuff, so it was it was a pretty big deal, you know, it, it, you know, between that and then going to my grandparents and stuff, they always had, like, the old, the old 45s of like the Christmas music and stuff like that that they they would pull out and listen to, so it was really cool. Right. It was it was it's encoded on our DNA, right? And I mean, I think oh, yeah. that things like that, like music class. I remember singing like there was a man named Michael Finnegan. He grew whiskers on his chin again, <laughs> like all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and music yeah. or Big Rock Candy Mountain. Like I remember singing that, and it was just like din, 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 like encoding music onto my DNA. And in every <laughs> Christmas time, you know, my dad would play Christmas music. And that memory is just tied, you know, consciously, subconsciously probably, to good memories yeah. with music. And I think that's why music drives people like us, right, D? Yeah, 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 really. I mean, it, and I'm just, I'm a music nut anyway, but especially when it's Christmas music, 
because, like, I, you know, everybody sounds good. Well, almost everybody sounds good singing Christmas music. Like, like it's really hard to screw it up. Oh, so, no. There's some bands we're going to talk about tonight that have screwed it up. Well, that's true. <laughs> no, I was like, I, I'm one of those people who forget decorating for Christmas. I love to decorate for Christmas, and it's awesome. Um, and if I could afford it, I would have a Griswold-style house. But, um, <laughs> like, I'm one of those people that, like, as soon as Halloween's over, the Christmas carols come out. I'm just like, singing them everywhere, and I'm just, I, I can't help it. I love it. Whistling them at work, I'm just, ah, oh, yes. And it's weird. Like, I've met a couple people in my life, and I'm not just even talking about Christmas music. I'm talking about I've met people in my life, and I'm like, well, you know, the, the question usually comes up, what kind of music do you listen to, especially if you go out on a first or second date with somebody. And I've actually mm-hmm. met people who have been like, well, I don't know, whatever's on the radio. Well, okay, let's dig a little deeper. What kind of albums do you have? I, I don't know. i got like maybe three CDs in my house. This is back when people had CDs. Like, it, it's it's amazing to me. I almost can't process it when I meet somebody who's like, I'm not into music. I hardly ever listen to music. Like, that's kind of insane, right? I, I think, you know, it's weird. To, I know it's weird to us because, I mean, at least for, I know for, I, can, I think I can speak for all of us, most of our friends that we've made is probably due to the fact of, the music and, and the style of music we listen to, um, you know, meeting people in the same type of social circles or going to sh- different shows and meeting people at those shows, or um, you know, you know, you're, you know, you could have a friend. That's, I mean, that's how we met Nick. We, you know, we had mutual friends. We never, we didn't know each other until, you know, we actually, you know, hung out at, after a show. And, um, and, and yeah, and, Meat Men, 1994. Yeah, and I, we can tell know, some was, stories about that evening. Woo, Nelly might get arrested. But, <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, you know that—that's all pretty much due to the fact that we all had, had the same similarities in music and, and musical taste. So, I, to me, yeah, it's 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 weird when somebody is like, ah, you know, I just listen to whatever. Right, that, that's cool, you know. I'm like, man, you don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but maybe people look at me and they're like, wait, you don't watch sports? You don't like any sports. Right. Maybe they think the exact same yeah. thing when I tell them. They're like, how can you not be into any kind of sports? But yeah, I know but you're like, wait, wait, so you, but you watch over. football, right? And we're like, no. Oh, okay, what about <laughs> basketball? No. Golf? No. Tennis? No. We don't. WWE do, count? Like, no. <laughs> right? It's like, no, my sport of choice is board games. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. All right. Well, I, let's I think move people give us the crazy because we've got lips calling in, and I'm hoping that um, Joey Vindictive actually sent us in. He's got a new Christmas album coming out with his new band, um, Fairy Wonderpuss, and he sent us over an awesome song. He, he just got out of the studio the other day and sent it to me. And if he could find a minute, I think he has a show tonight, if he could find a quiet spot, he's calling in. But we'll at least play a Vindictive's Christmas song and a Fairy Wonderpuss Christmas song. We've also got Lips calling in here in a couple of minutes from Anvil. We all know Lips. Um, coming up on the show Friday, actress and artist Alexandra Lee. Sunday, we are going to do a special kettle of fish. We're going to talk about MASH a little bit, um, probably like a quick 10 minutes of talking, and then we're going to play our Jamie Farr episode from over the summer. That way, people could have easy access without having to listen to an hour of ignorance equation to get to the interview. Then the following Wednesday, 
Odell, I think you're tied up with holiday plans with the family. So our pal yeah. Warlock, who you guys might have heard on our Wilmer's Park tribute show, is going to help me interview Corey, the um, Corey Clark, the singer of Warrior Soul. Then nice. um, the following Friday, Adrian Marvel is calling in. That's actually Christmas <laughs> night to play me in trivia. We've got the end of the year show coming up the 27th with William Sanderson from Deadwood, Newhart, True Blood. Of course, our buddy John Lear's calling in. He's got a new show on HBO called The Loop coming out. And you also know him as a Geico Caveman, Quick Draw, a million other things. Um, D, you're going to be bringing back Dirty Minded Divas as a vodcast with Sheila, correct? Mm-hmm. Model Sheila yeah, Shondell. Yeah, super awesome. And then Nutty, yeah. uh, presidential candidate, Vermin Supreme, will be here to talk about his dental hygiene re- re-educational centers and giving everyone a free pony if elected. So that'll be a great yeah. show. And then last show mm-hmm. of the year, the 30th, Odell, who are we having on Musical Osmosis on the 30th? Oh, Joe Garrotta, the dead milkman. Oh, I can't wait. Um, I'm giddy. I, I've had a lot of people... Um, you know, send me messages saying, "Oh my gosh, I'm 15 again." <laughs> we'll be tuning in, so it, it's it's amazing. It's still amazing. I'm, uh, uh, the fact that you know, I remember you saying, "Hey, I'm gonna email him and see what happens." And the very next day, you're like, "He's coming on." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always surprising, like when you reach out to people. Sometimes I have to talk to somebody for months. You know, to get something to happen. Sometimes it's the media, man. I guess it's all in the timing. So that's how what the rest of the year is looking like for us. Let me dig into this before um, Lips calls in because I had a question I actually wanted to ask you, Odell. I'm gonna, you know, a lot of metal bands have done yeah. Christmas, and D. Snyder, man, D. Snyder is a nut when it comes to Christmas. I mean that in a good way. He's got his D. Snyder play that he wrote, the Rock and Roll Christmas Tale, which has a lot yeah. of awesome stuff on it. He's got his Twisted Sister Christmas album, and that has just like White Christmas and I'll Be Home for Christmas, Silver Bells, just every Christmas song you can think of. And there's been a lot, I've got a whole list here of metal bands who have done Christmas songs. Um, now, here's what I wanted to touch on. Okay, so you got Rob Halford, he did Oh Cummy Faithful. Um, Twisted Sister, of course, has done a bunch. Corn has done a Christmas song. And Alice Cooper's done Santa Claus is Coming to Town. You've got, um, which one did Dio do? God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, which is actually an amazing mm. cover. Then you got these black metal bands, Venom, doing Black Christmas. Um, I never even heard of this band before I pulled this list, list up. Coffin Fuck doing Deck the Halls. And then you've got <laughs> King Diamond, No Presents for Christmas. Let me play a, a bit of this first. I can only stand 30 seconds of it i'm going to play 30 seconds and i remember when this song came out and these bands these black metal bands or satanic bands were always like a joke to me with their fucking upside down crosses on their face and sticking their tongue out and looking all evil it's ridiculous to me like and i remember like king diamond had that song grandma the family goes that's like the only song and i remember when he came out with this christmas song let me play a couple seconds of this, and I'm going to read some lyrics for you, because this is amazing to me. Here's King Diamond. Yeah. 
Alright, I think that's about enough of that asshole. Anyway. <laughs> what, what what was that? Oh, I must have gone Carol that one. Yeah, so mm-hmm. but it sounds very evil and menacing, right? Oh. Mm-hmm. Listen to the Yeah, it sounds lyrics. like somebody's gonna like kill somebody. And, yeah. and that, you know, you hear that and you're like, wow, this is really menacing. But listen to these lyrics. Christmas time is here again. Santa needs a helping hand. We cannot find his evil sheet to draw his lane for the night. So all the waiting Christmas trees going to hear their master sing. There's no presents this Christmas. There's no presents. Tom and Jerry drinking sherry. Don't give a damn. <laughs> Christmas time is here again. Santa needs a helping hand. Blah, blah, blah. There's no presents for Christmas. And it ends. Um, I'm dreaming of a white Sabbath. This I do I don't understand what's going on with these lyrics. And I remember this song from when I was a kid and I'd go over to my buddy Jason's house and we'd watch Headbangers Ball and he's like, Look at this um King Diamond Christmas uh. and you know, but I never really I never listened to black metal or anything, but like um I just very confused. I'm sorry, I'm just very confused by the lyrics. And Venom has a similar song. I'm very confused that the lyrics are like sound like they're written by a four year old. Tom and Jerry drinking sherry. You know, the cartoon, I guess, Tom and Jerry. I don't understand. Can you tell me what's going on with this, Odell? Because I'm pretty damn confused. (laughs) It's one of those things they were like, okay, (laughs) let's write something totally opposite of what we normally write, and and that'll go down great. And, and I, I don't know if that came from their label. It's like, hey, you know what would be catchy? Do a Christmas album. <laughs> and then right. sitting in a room. I couldn't imagine the the, the writing process of that. Because the music is not <laughs> bad. Like, the music is pretty, you know, they're all playing these songs singing, and you're like, what the heck is this? <laughs> oh, I'm just goodness. trying to understand the intent. Like, is it supposed to be funny? Is it like everybody was like stoned out of their mind and just writing up just bullshit? Like, did they ad lib it and just record the lyrics? Like, I don't understand the intent of the song. A song has to make a <laughs> has like some kind of symmetry to me and make some kind of sense to me, and that song just doesn't make sense. And here's what I wanted to ask you, Adele, because I'm not a particularly religious person. As a Christian, a Christian who's involved in his church, when bands come out, like satanic metal bands, are those a band you can listen to? Or when a band comes out and just thrashes a Christmas song like this, is that something that at all is offensive to you? Or can you just listen to like a satanic metal band and be like, whatever? And I'm talking about the ones that are just like really trying to be satanic, not like when somebody says, Bon Jovi's the devil or whatever. Right, right. Um, it, it doesn't offend me. I, I, I believe everybody has the right to say what they want to say. Um, I, I, th- I personally like. I think it's funny, um, uh, just from from the view of, and everybody claims to be this, be this, but you're still acknowledging the fact that it's Christmas. You're still acknowledging that the fact that it's, you know, the given holiday for the the, the recognize Jesus's birthday. So. It, to me, it's just like okay, you know, <laughs> it, it, that's the very. I don't, I don't take too much into it. I, I never really have uh, on that, on that, basically on that side of things. I mean, it's I know like, some okay. of these guys take it seriously. Like some of these black metal bands from like Finland or Sweden or whatever, they have yeah. like, re- like those cats are really into it. But when you have a band like Celtic Frost or Venom or something, do you think those guys are really into it, or is it all just a show? 
I, I think it's more of a show. I definitely think it's more of a show. Um, just, just from like the lyrics, <laughs> just from like you were just talking about the lyrics. I'm like, yeah, I don't know how many people they think we're actually gonna listen to the lyrics. You know what I mean? Finally, they're probably like, they go out there and they do it, and they're like, ah, nobody's gonna listen to these lyrics. And then you know, you you come along, <laughs> you actually like, wait a minute, hold up. Let's, let's let's really like dig into these lyrics, and then you're like, you know, Tom and Jerry, Jake and Jerry, or whatever it was, and stuff. You're like, okay. <laughs> I just I never no. read Tink Diamond lyrics before, so I don't know if they're all like that. I just always I wonder now what 16 year old Nick would have thought of those lyrics if he had read them then and not just seen the video on MTV and been like, oh my god, it's so evil. Like looking through the cracks <laughs> of my hand because King Diamond's jumping around like a fool with the cross upside down cross on his face. Anyway, speaking of metal, let's talk about a metal band that's actually awesome. Lips is here from Anvil. A couple quick things I want to say, because he has a new album coming out. One, Lips, we we did a show with Lips a couple years ago. He's the first person I've asked back that we had on the original round of musical osmosis, because the guy is just so awesome. He is just oozing charisma. So I knew I wanted to have him on for Christmas, because this was going to be a fun show. And also, you know, I always make the point, if somebody, like if aliens came down from space and was like, Nick, what is rock and roll? I'd say, okay, if you want to, like, epitomize what rock and roll is, pick up, like, a Queen album or a Who album. And if the alien said, like, what's metal? I would say ACDC or Anvil. Like, they are straightforward, Mm -hmm. driving metal. Metal on metal. I mean, they're just metal bands. And I think it's incredible when you have the longevity of a band like Anvil who every album you put it on, and you know that you can expect that high-quality metal sound. So let me get Lips in here, but I just kind of wanted to preface the interview with that about how much I think these guys just encapsulate what it means to be metal and how this band really works based a lot on Lips' charisma and stage presence. I think he, like, he really is a driving force. So let me get Lips in here. Lips, happy holidays. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's going on? Hey. <laughs> What is happening, sir? What is happening? I'm learning how to play my new songs. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> Very nice. And I want to dig into the album here in a second, but let me ask you something, because we were just talking about um, all the metal bands. We had a whole list here of Rob Halford and Twisted Sister, of course, goes insane when it comes to Christmas songs. And Dio, just all these, Alice Cooper, all these metal bands who have done Christmas covers, are you for that? Do you think that's a good thing, or do you think it's kind of cheesy? Oh, and how man. come Anvil has never done that? Well, actually, an answer to that real quickly, I did do a, a, a guest spot on on a Christmas album with um, for, for Ronnie's Dio's wife, for Wendy. Wow. It's like a Christmas oh. thing. And I went in and I sang Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> Honestly. Very and, nice. Um, Is this something recent or Bumble, years ago? Bumble, Bumblefoot, Bumblefoot or whatever that guy's name is did the guitar work. I don't know who else is on the recording. I can't remember, but I know that Bumblefoot was the lead guitar player. Was this a recent like, thing? I came in and sang a couple of years ago. Very nice. I don't know how that wasn't on my radar because I was looking through a lot of Christmas stuff. And um, also, one more thing I wanted to hit. I think Lemmy's on that one as well. Really? 
Oh, well, wow. damn, I'm definitely going to have to dig in and find out then. Oh, it's just silly, silly ass shit, you know? <laughs> so you're for you the um, a lot of fun, but, you know. So you're pro um, Christmas songs for metal bands, then? Because I well, like them when they're done well. right. And, and, and another fact, actually, um, CBC, which is the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation up here in Canada, much like your ABC, but it's a CBC, uh, we did a, a, a rendition of Hanukkah O Hanukkah. What? Very nice. That's awesome. Hey, let me ask you about Canada as far as traditions, because I actually was doing some research for the show, and I pulled up a couple things they do in Canada I've never heard of. Have you heard of Janining? It says here people dress up in costumes, knock on people's doors, and disguise their voice, and the person who answers the door is supposed to guess who they are. Have you ever heard of this? No, I've never heard of that. I've never. I don't even know what that is. I don't know what Providence is. That's funny. Yeah, I, I looked this up, and they also have a taffy pool. They said that's real big in Canada. Young mm, people make ta- taffy, taffy together. Is that something that I've happens? never heard of it. Hey, I, I, and I'm not the guy to ask. <laughs> I'm not your typical Canadian. I'm not your beer drinking on-the-corner kind of guy, you know what I mean? <laughs> How is Christmas different up there? I know you guys have, like, Boxing Day and stuff. I mean, is Christmas a pretty big deal? Like, I know it's, it's probably not commercialized, like, here in the States, right? Oh, of course, it, of course it is. Oh, is it overly commercial? <laughs> Christmas right. lights on all the houses. How about that? Yeah, but, I mean, are people duking it out for, like, a Tickle Me Elmo doll? Are you having riots at Walmart like they have here? No. Well, the malls are pretty fucking, really pretty packed, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right on. Everybody's flogging, flogging their sales, trying to sell shit. And it's the same old. It's it's a business thing, you know, as well as it is everything else. <laughs> I know. I just imagine Canada being so much nicer and cleaner and respectable than what goes on here in the States. Yeah, yeah. You keep thinking they're, they're going to be walking around each other. Being, excuse me there, eh? Oh, excuse me. No, no, no. You go ahead. I just feel yeah. like it would be like a really nice vacation. I feel like people in Canada kick ass. Everybody I've ever talked to from there has been yeah. awesome. You know? Yeah. So, okay. Is it clean? Yeah, it's clean here. It's, it's pretty and, and quite relatively safe. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> All right, well, let's right get to the I new album. Honestly, honestly, got a chance of getting fucked up anywhere you live. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Agreed. Very much agreed. Okay, so Lips, new album, Anvil is Anvil. Tell us about it. I know it's coming out in February. Um, do you have a steady bass player right now? Are you taking somebody different out on tour and recorded the album? What's going on with your bass player? Actually, we got a bass player uh, well before we recorded this album. And in fact, it, we got him soon after we recorded the other album, the last Hope album. Hope in Hell. Um yeah, because what it was is we were using, he was coming to rehearsal and being our rehearsal bass player here in Canada. So then we ended up, the guy who we had, he lived down in New York, he no longer, it was it was too difficult, you know, the distant thing. 
we rehearse every day. We're an active, very active band. Oh, if we're yeah. not on the road, we're at rehearsal. And if, if he can't make it to rehearsal, somebody else will. So as it turns out, this guy did for over a year, a year and a half, as a matter of fact. Um, so in the last sort of stages, when we went out on the road, the last about two, it's almost two years ago now, um, the, the bass player that we did hope and held with, uh, Sal, um, he he played that two, half of their American dates with us, and the second half of the American dates, our our current bass player did. Gotcha, so, gotcha. Yeah, you know, came when we came home and went to go back. The next, <laughs> the other guy's already playing in the band, but that was not before he'd been everywhere else in the world before we got back to the states again. It's actually quite interesting. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like, I mean, bands go to, good. There's no transition, no transition, because the bass player that we had at rehearsal was rehearsing with us before we went out on the road, and then Sal would play with us. So the guy that we replaced him was was actually in the band at home, but we'd leave him at home when we'd go on tour. (laughs) Whoa. So did that cause a lot so of conflict, or was everybody cool with that? Well, and, and eventually what happened was, like on the last tour with Sal, we had Chris come with us. So then he could have an opportunity to actually watch the show a multitude of times before even playing a first gig. So he knew all the, all the, all the things he had to do, where he had to be on, on stage at a certain points in the, in the show. What he what was expected of him and everything. So it's like quite remarkable. So there was like zero transition. So you knew Sal. So so but it, but, but it went in a it went in a real positive direction immediately because the, the Chris is far better vocalist. Cool. Like you can't. It's not even the same world. It's not the same world at all. It's somebody who sings really well and is very, very uh, capable of uh, of creativity, all kinds of things, and <laughs> just amazing harmony vocalist um, with the right kind of personality. So on top of that, which is, which is like the cherry on top, this guy can play like unbelievable, unbelievable bass player. <laughs> Wow. Do you feel like that changes the whole dynamic of the band when you bring somebody in who's so different, or do you still feel that like it's a solid anvil trio like you had before with Sal? Well, it actually it actually feels a lot better now. It feels it feels far better now. It's hard to even to begin to explain what the differences are. There's so many little aspects that have so vastly improved. It's hard to hard to even to begin to explain, but but a great deal of it is what what we're playing and singing at the same time, and what notes, things like that. You're just going, oh my God, that's unbelievable how that sounds. Like there's a whole new creativity in the vocal aspect of the band that's never been there. Wow, so that's got to fire you up in the writing process and everything, right? I mean, that's got to give it a whole new dimension. Absolutely. So, you know, this is the first time that I, that 
in a very, very long, long time that, um, I mean, usually when I did all my vocals in the studio, it was mostly, it was 99.9% all me singing. And in, in, in the new album, what, what, is, what has actually happened, everywhere where I might have, have, have used my voice as the harmony voice, in, in right. a chorus line or, or something like that, now I've replaced it with the actual guy, another guy, another voice. Oh, cool. Which creates which creates a whole other sound. That right on. Because it's like an, another entity. It's not it's not something that's been there before, or it has been, but not 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 in current years. It's more like the way that we were originally with Dave Allison. His voice is more in 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 that world of kind of voice which is the perfect underpad for my voice. It's to find the right combination of voices to fit together is really, really a magical thing. Where are you going to find that? It happens by chance, you yeah. know, where you get a guy who can sing. Lots of guys can sing, but how many guys can sing with me and sound like a third guy, like we've created a whole new entity? You know, that's Very that's good the point. magic. So that brings me to my next question, and that's a perfect segue. Anvil is Anvil. I feel like that's one of those kind of titles that says, here's where the bands come full circle. Is this like a full circle album where you feel like you've completed the journey to a certain extent? Uh, I think that what I think that what it is, is it's, they're all kind of areas of things that we've done all through the years, but these are the better, better, the best renditions of those same worlds. I guess that's the best way I could describe it. So how do you stay inspired to keep writing new stuff? I mean, you guys have a huge catalog going back like 30 years. The writing process, how do you get inspired to fire out new ideas? Because, I mean, that's got to be a lot of work. No, actually, it's, it's, it's really the opposite. Because you don't, I don't really look at it as work. It's it's something that I, I I derive an incredible amount of enjoyment out of. So you don't really look at it as work. Um, as far as coming up with ideas, it's 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 really really endless. Honestly, it's really endless, and you're only you're only uh, limited by your imagination. So if you haven't got much of an imagination, you can run a, a well dry easily. But that's not the, that's not the case with me because I've got I I I find that the mix and match um, aspects and looking in obscure places there's uh, a never ending amount of library material to draw influence from, particularly you may- for, for me for, because I mean I you have to understand that because of my age group I I mean people are not going to be expecting. Uh, uh, anything but what they've heard from us, and that's what they're going to hear more of, but more in a, a much organized, much more organized and clear fashion. That would be the best way to describe it. Uh, I think I think I have gone full circle in the way that when I was young, I would write songs innocently. And I would write the song in and around the way that the chorus line worked, right. which is the proper way to write. Which is the proper mm-hmm. way to write. 
It seems so simple, doesn't it? But as, oh, yeah. you, as, you get, as you get older and more more experienced, and you start longing for to push the parameters. So you push the parameters with your arrangement and everything else. We went through an era through the 90s where we were making songs that were uh, far more intricate in the, in the sense that uh, you're putting more parts into the songs that are actually, they're not really necessary. You're just putting right. the parts in the songs because, oh, it fits, so we'll do it. <laughs> you're not really thinking about the overall picture that you've changed the feel in the middle of the song and now it's ventured off into la-la land and peculiar Yeah, that's land. a huge trap a lot of bands fall into, I've noticed, who have long careers. Yes. Uh, I don't know, just start sort of getting lost in arrangements, uh, uh, like going crazy, throwing the, everything and the, and the kitchen sink into it. And when you come to realize, well, this, what am I doing? And where I came to that crossroad was working with Bob Marlette. And Bob Barlett is a producer that's worked with Sabbath and Alice Cooper and, oh, an endless list. Wow. <laughs> he did the last, right. in, in any case, in any case, the last, the last two uh, Anvil albums previous to the new one. And it was like going to music university. Amazing. And it, he actually re, <laughs> reminded me about how to, construct songs. He goes, look at, he goes, I listened to your first song and I heard you, uh, your first few albums and then I heard you just guys go on a fucking tail, tail chase, you know? He says, why don't you just, he says, you got to center your songs in and around your chorus lines. And as soon as you do that, you've identified your piece of music. So if you've got a great chorus line in your, in your musically speaking, you know, and, and have identified it that way, you can be sure that the second that you add vocals, you've got a, something that's going to be something that you're going to remember. So right. I've, I've been on this uh, back to the back to the where I started from now for the last couple albums. So it's much more in sense in line with. It, you know, as the producer that I worked with, this is the album that should have happened probably after Metal on Metal or Forge and Fire, but it didn't. Gotcha. But I mean, that, that's, having, having said that, you know, that isn't what came next. There's a lot of things that came next, like a, <laughs> but that took us to where we are now. So it's it's quite interesting. The production is amazingly clear and punchy and powerful. Uh, I'm very happy with that. We went to Germany to record it. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's tried something completely different. Um, it changed where we're managed from and how we're doing business, and that's made a, a substantial difference. So we're about to embark on a, probably the biggest and longest, most substantial tour in our entire career. And we're, oh, going, wow. out with Udo, we're going out with Udo Dirk Schneider, for 47 shows all over Europe. That's amazing. Yeah, I didn't even know he was still putting out music. I remember Accept, and I remember when he went solo. And that's, I mean, I, I got to imagine you guys. 
get a huge. Well, this is this is a particularly special tour for Udo because this is all uh, specifically except material and the final tour that he's going to perform this material on. Really? So it's a, yeah. Now he's got his own band that is slightly obscure in the United States. God only knows why, because it is every bit as good, if not better, than what Accept was. <laughs> but it sounds like the real Accept, like the the Accept that it balls to the walls. Right, right, it's, yeah. It's actually quite, quite fascinating, really. Um, and uh, so along with that, actually, speaking of balls to the walls, that's actually the studio in which we recorded is in the same studio that that album and song was recorded. So this is some kind of insight as to the kind of uh, the people that we're dealing with and who we got to know. Nice. Can you feel the history wow. when you walk into a place like that? I mean, does does that have does that resonate with you? Does that have importance where you can actually feel the energy, knowing you're standing in all that history? Well, what's really what's really amazing, uh, as the producer was telling me, uh, every time you go into the washroom, just be sure that you realize that all the tile work and all the all the all the construction of the entire bathroom was actually built by Udo Dirk Schneider himself. Right. Wow. Yeah. Odell, I'm sorry. I've so been yeah, kind of overrunning you. There's a history there. There's a definite history there, and it's it's a great place. Really uh, serene, separate. Like we're kind of, we were kind of baffled. Okay, it's in the middle of a farm field, basically, behind a farmhouse, Whoa. in this big square kind of building that was once probably a pig, a pig stall. Oh wow! But of course, it's been completely renovated and turned into a, a studio slash rehearsal room slash storage, a big, huge, big square building that's been all renovated. So you, you're driving through the, the German countryside to get there. Quite quite oh. incredible. So you get there, and, 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 going, and, and these guys are locking the door of their car, and I'm going, who's going to go, who's going to be walking in the middle of this wilderness <laughs> to, to right. the car that's going to go into the car, man? Like, Really? <laughs> Man, that paints an incredible picture. Odell, I've been kind of um, talking over you here. Why don't you get in here? Oh, no, I just wanted to ask, is Bob, is Bob doing this album too? Or are you recording with him again? Or <coughs> Pardon me? No, I, was, I, <laughs> I was wondering if uh, Bob was doing this, uh, recording this album as well. <laughs> no, actually, it was a guy by the name of Martin Pfeiffer. Okay. Who is the the producer of the last Udo Dirk Schneider album, which is called Decadence? Okay. When you guys um, play shows, are you what? What does the crowd look like? Is it still a lot of old school people who've been listening to Anvil for thirty years? Are you seeing a lot younger crowd come out? And what's the energy level like? Difference between the younger fans well, and the older fans. Well, it's actually it's actually quite a phenomenon for, for what 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 has happened as a result as a result of of the film. There's been an influx of younger fans, 
So yeah, I bet you see you see everything from teenagers and sometimes entire families, depending on depending on the uh, the what the venue allows. But in all age venues, you can actually see entire families showing up. Wow! And we have meet and and you're you're meeting you know eight 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 and ten year old kids, and you're going, wow. <laughs> and that's happening, so I imagine, at festivals more so than in the clubs, right? No, even in even particularly when I talk about things like that in in America, we did a a, a few all age shows, and this is what the case was, and a, a lot of underage kids coming, and a very very mixed mixed uh, crowd, and and. Um, it's actually it's a really great thing. That's a really great thing to be able to to actually uh, to witness. <laughs> so, do you find yourself now still having people walk up and say, "Man, I love the Anvil movie," and I'm here as a direct result of that? Or are you guys kind of being separate from that? It's been what three or four years since that movie came oh, out. Are you finally? Oh, it, it, well, far more people have seen the movie than ever heard our music. And far more people have not ever seen the band, <laughs> right? Wow. So there's a lot there's a lot of playing to do yet. <laughs> that movie was so phenomenal. I mean, uh, I, I I can attest for it. Like I heard a little bit about you guys, but then seeing that movie, I was just like, man. And then I got got into your catalog, and it was that movie's still amazing. I tell people like, you know, well, the, my my, my work. The audience for the movie and the audience for the mu- music are are actually quite separate because yeah. you've got to realize that there are people that are into country and western or into anything else but metal, and they watch that movie. They may be very much fans of of us, and in fact, that's most of the case. And it, when you know, if I walk down the streets in New York or in some of the major cities in the United States, I, I, I get stopped by people that are certainly not metalheads, right? And and they're probably you know, uh, some they're going to be the kind of people that are going to bring their kids and the family to see us at the local club. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're not really. Uh, metal people that would uh, that are particularly uh, looking for our music or anything like that, and in most cases they don't realize that we've put out two other albums since thirteen. They don't, you know, they don't even even though they saw the movie and they're they they claim to be fans. They don't, they're not really in tune to what we've been doing. Gotcha. Now that just that is not a reflection of what. Of, of necessarily the band's fault, you have to understand. You have to understand that when we put out records, it's only publicized to the metal audience in places where only the metal audience sees it or knows about it. So even if these people thought, "Wow, here, they, they have no idea it's there because it's not. It's not ever advertised in the mainstream." Or in places where they were going, to, where they're going to, it's going to be visible or heard about. It's very, it, it, so it, it became quite a separate thing. But having said that, the uh, the aspect of the people that have gotten 
to know us for our, our music, that has in, intensely uh, increased. So it's 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 all positive, but it's like I said that there there is a separation because many people who have seen the movie will probably never see us live and probably never own our our music, <laughs> but yet claim to be full-on fans of the band, and I'm sure they are, and they're the people that come up and ask me for my autograph and take a picture and shake my hand and that kind of stuff. It's all That really touched a lot of people. I mean, even people who, like you said, weren't in the metal, in the country, whatever. I mean, that movie was so powerful, it could cross all genres and touch everybody, so that's an amazing thing. Well, that's, that's precisely what it did, and that's what I, that's what I'm trying to explain to you. So it's a it's a movie going audience versus music audience. They're two different. They're really two different genres. Sometimes, sometimes they can coincide. I mean, they might have they did for for the great part for Elvis Presley, but I don't think it's going to work for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question, and then we got to move on. Um, I don't know if this was internet rumors or if there was any kind of um, truth to this, but I heard things buzzing around a couple years ago, and that's kind of faded, that there was going to be a follow-up movie to that. Was that a real thing, or is this just more internet rumors type stuff? Well, actually, the truth be told, there's still compiling footage. Oh, wow. Yeah. So then this so may still every, happen. Every, yeah, so whenever yeah, oh, it is happening, but it's it's going to be it's a very slow process because you go showing growth over we want to show growth over a long period of time. And the only way to do that is to take a long period of time. <laughs> so that's what's going on. All right, well, I wish you all the success in the world on that lips. It's always a delight to have you on like I was saying in the opening. You have so much charisma. It's always awesome talking to you. Why don't you let everybody know the exact... I know it's February. What's the exact date the new Anvil album's coming out? The exact date is February 26th, and we're looking forward to it. And it's it's an extremely, extremely intense, full-on album. I, I'm very happy with it, and I'm sure that everybody else will be, too. Probably the warmest to the ears, as they would say in Germany. <laughs> Very nice. Alrighty, sir, you have an amazing holiday and a good Christmas, and we will catch you next time around, Lips. Okay, Thank you, bud. Take, you guys take care. Have a good you night. You too, sir. You too, sir. Thank you. Bye. Alrighty, there we go. Lips from Anvil. Um, Odell, I've already interviewed him before, so I knew what I was walking into. Like I said, He's oozing awesome. charisma. Oh, I'm man. sure. I listen to him. I need to, I, 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 that's one of those guys that you could like, you know, if you ever meet him in person, you just want to sit down at a table and, and have a beer and just like listen. Oh, yeah, you know, I would love to anything. have a beer with lips. And just yeah. like listen to the stories, man. Because like you were like, you know, talking about the movie and everything, that's what I got from the movie. It's like, that's a blueprint for a lot of, you want to see, you know, like not giving up, not, you know, yeah, perseverance, definitely. Yeah, perseverance to its max. It's like that movie, that band, and you can tell by you know the, 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 the excitement he still has for playing music. It's incredible. Yeah, and I mean, I always wonder, being in a band myself when I was younger, and now being 44, 
And I know we've talked about this before on the show. Like, could I, if I had become successful with even Steven, could I be 44 and still out there pounding the pavement and touring the world? Or would I just not have the energy for it and be like, you know, it always amazes me too, are bands mm-hmm. that I see who haven't released an album. And I'm not talking about high energy punk bands like we had Larry on from Pegboy. I'm talking about bands yeah, yeah. from the 80s who play the same 10 metal songs from the same three albums from the 80s over and over for 30 years. I don't know how they do it. I don't don't either. I went to see um, Mm -hmm. Deep Purple and Dio and the Scorpions, and dude, it was like they pulled the guy from Scorpions out of a fucking block of ice. And they chisel a mouthful for every show. And he's like, hello, this is me. Are you ready to rock it? Rock you like a hurricane? And I had to, I had to listen to the Scorpions. This was at, um, I think it was at Wolf Trap, like maybe in 2002, 2003. Wow. And I hadn't listened to a Scorpions album in 15 years. And I recognized every fucking song. And I was like, Did they, have they not written anything since like... So some of them, I mean... There's a lot of stuff catered to them now, dude. You got a, there's a lot of tours and festivals. Uh, I, I forgot what channel we have on here, but you can watch and you'll see like the the, uh, the throwback metal festivals. I mean, look how much money like Poison, like Def Leppard, and those bands make. They tour every year together. I think it's Poison, Def Leppard, and somebody at you know throw Rat in there, and and um and they tour, and and it sells out, man. They play Merryweather all the time. Sells out, and and they. Have, when was the last time you heard Rat with an album? Or, or I didn't even know Steve Pierce was still alive. Here's yeah, the question you know, though: like it, What's a bigger nightmare to be stuck in a cubicle, like pounding in the same spreadsheets for thirty years, or singing "Pour Some Sugar on Me" for thirty years? I think I would eat a fucking bullet if I had to sing "Pour Some Sugar on Me" for thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> well, pour some sugar on me made them a lot of money, so he probably has no problem sitting up there, you know. <laughs> I mean, heck, look at Geico. Look at uh, uh was it Europe? <laughs> oh <laughs> the yeah, final yeah. countdown, man. They're they're. I guarantee you, they're out playing again because of that freaking commercial. I guarantee you, they're and gonna be out playing again. Is that what you want to be doing? Like, I couldn't imagine even Steven playing FBI guy for thirty years. You know, there's still, because we've evolved since then. Like, I didn't want to play FBI guy when we were getting shit together for our second album. Never happened. And I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. office politics and FBI guy again. Give me a break, dude. We play these songs like 600 times. And some of these bands are afraid to, to, to take that step and, and get out there. They're afraid to fail, man. So they they just rest on those laurels, man. And then you have, I mean, heck, look at Metallica for how many years was it until they finally put out, you know, new stuff. They. It was like what Injustice for All, if I'm not mistaken. They toured off of that forever, and then they went through that period, <laughs> and then they were. It was almost like, okay, what do we do now, guys? Are you being and kind then, because it's the holidays by prefacing it like that? <laughs> and then all of a sudden they went back to what they did. Finally, they went back to the original stuff, and they were like, why? Almost like what uh, Lips was talking about. Like we did all of this stuff to get back to what we're true. And, and and what we're good at, what we should have done the whole time, but it took all of that to get to that. And I was sitting there like, man, Metallica went through that too. But I can but, respect know. that, dude. Like I can respect if a band starts in the '80s, rocks, 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 hits a low point in the '90s where they're kind of like yeah. trying things and it's not working, and then they come back in the 2000s and we're like, dude, we're gonna bring it back to basics. 
But when a band says, okay, we've got these three albums that are awesome from the 80s, so I'm just going to fucking play You're in Love or Round and Round for the next 30 years, I can't wrap my brain around how somebody can do that. It's, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, no. the money must be nice. <laughs> right? All right, <laughs> we've got a call coming in. Um, I believe fine. it's my co-host from Sunday, Fern. It Merry is. Christmas. I'm sure you are wrapping presents and baking cookies and all that good stuff, right? No baking today. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. <laughs> I try to be as PC as possible. Merry Christmas. I don't know which is PC. Is Merry Christmas PC or is Happy Holidays PC? Uh, well, I, I, I was actually using sarcasm. I actually, uh, a dude today wished me a Merry Christmas, like twice when I walked out of Sears. Like he said, Merry Christmas. I said, thank you, you too. And I don't think he heard me because he's like, hey, Merry Christmas. And I'm like, Merry Christmas to you. So I was really surprised in retail that they were actually doing mm-hmm. that. I thought it was great. You know, you should have just screwed with them and been like, how dare you? How dare you say Merry Christmas? Yeah, I should have looked at it. I'm an atheist, and I don't celebrate anything, period. I'm not American, so I don't celebrate the fourth. (laughs) And um, you can take that Merry Christmas and shove it where the sun doesn't. No, I wouldn't do that. I'm too nice of a person. You are nice. (laughs) It would be really funny, though. Cautiously nice. All righty. Well, we were talking about music. Let me ask you the two questions we discussed earlier. And, Dee, you could chime back in on this, too. One, I'll break this up in two questions. One, how important was Christmas songs to you growing up in your house? And two, what do you think when metal, or in your case, you probably listened to a lot of rock growing up, what do you think when rock and metal and punk bands redo Christmas songs? Cheesy, or is there um, some relevance to it? Um, Well, Christmas music, I mean, like we heard Christmas music growing up, but it wasn't like an integral part of Christmas like it is now. Like with my kids, we put on Christmas music, get hot cocoa, and we go Christmas light hunting, which is just basically driving around in different neighborhoods and checking out all the cool stuff on the houses. And we put Christmas music on when we decorate the tree and Christmas music on on Christmas morning. Or, you know, my son actually goes to sleep with Christmas music on. He was so excited after Thanksgiving when they started playing it. Like it's been on that station forever. So it's much more of an integral part now than it was growing up. But that's just because I'm a freak for Christmas. I'm like a huge four year old so you know i want my house to be seen from space yeah oh i love it but as far as the rock bands um you know i really haven't heard a ton of remade christmas music i do like tso you know nathan loves tso so we we do you know rock it out to some of that but you know i think if they decide they want to do it i think it's kind of cool you know they're just trying to integrate into mainstream perhaps and some people might look at that as the quote-unquote sellout but you know, I mean, if they feel like it's something they want to do, I think it's kind of cool. I'm not, I'm not a judgy person, so, you know, to each their own. Rock it out if you want to. All right, well, speaking of rocking it out, let me rock it out with something silly here. I've got so much music here, I don't know what I'm going to get to in the next 40 minutes. But let me um, rock this out. Have you guys heard goats singing Christmas carols? No. Goats? Like the actual animals? Like goats, like the actual animals. Oh, man, the war on Christmas people are going to flip their lids over this. So somebody put together a bunch of clips of goats and put it to Christmas music. And I've got a little sample here. So um, everybody grab your Santa hats and get ready for some goats wishing you a Merry Christmas. (laughs) 
damn. If that doesn't get you into the Christmas spirit, uh, then you are heartless uh, robots. Uh, uh, move over, cats. Yes, that annihilates cats. Fern, you got your <laughs> yeah, new Christmas yeah. album? Wake your kids up at 5 a.m. Christmas morning to that. Blast in oh, on your Oh, yeah. Christmas. I'm going to try to drag their butts out of bed in the morning with that. That's great. But then again, I know you're a big fan of the goat, so... I am. I used to have a goat that lived in my closet named Gabriel yes. when I lived at the beach. And the SPCA oh, raided yeah. our house and took him from me. And that made me sad. That. <laughs> but that's a story for another day. Alrighty, um, I want to move on to the next section. We were talking about a lot of metal songs. I guess you didn't know, Fern, how many metal songs. You know Twisted Sister did a whole metal album. And um, hopefully Joey's going to call in tonight. He was in a band called The Vindictives who did some Christmas songs. And then he's got a new band called Fairy Wonderpuss. And they were in the studio this week, and he actually just sent me a song. But you know Judas Priest, Rob Halford has a Christmas song out. Scott Ian from Anthrax, Alice Cooper. Are you surprised Dio, so many metal bands, have Christmas albums out? Yeah. I do. I had no idea. That's kind of crazy to me. That's uh, pretty just, amazing, right? Wow. Just, wow. Yeah, that's like, like, how have I not heard any of this? I don't know. I feel like maybe perhaps I do live under a rock. Holy God. Well, yeah, they don't use play it on Google the radio. Like, they just don't. Well, here, we've, here's some I've, twist. I'll give you a couple seconds of this. Here's some Twisted Sister. Yeah. Um, ooh, it won't play. Is it playing? There it goes. This is Dee Snyder doing Christmas carols. So what do you think, Fern? Fan of Metal Axe trying to mix it up Christmas-wise or cheesy? Dude, seriously, I gotta be honest with you. I'm still trying to digest Twisted Sister and Trumpet together. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to wrap my brain and my stomach around that right now. No, I'm not a big fan of that. I gotta say, I, I mean, I appreciate music. I suppose it has its place somewhere, but no, it kind of sounds like damn Yankees doing a Christmas song. Oh. Not Twisted Sister. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was extreme at first. Well, let's, there you go. let's let's get a little bit more modern. Here is every snowflake is different, and I didn't yeah. know, but this song, what what Chris, what um kids show is this from? Like, isn't this it's from, from a children's uh, show? It, it was from, yeah, it's from Yo Gabba Gabba. Yeah, that's their, right. uh, really Christmas, Christmas special. Yeah, My Chemical Romance. It's like I, ha- loves I, you, this song. I would not think that My Chemical Romance would be on Yo Gabba Gabba. Oh, like, they have unique bands. Odell sent it over to me. So let's give a listen. You guys tell me if if you think that this is Yo Gabba Gabba worthy.
There you go. I'm not a big My Chemical Woo. Romance fan, but that song's pretty rocking, right? Love that no. song. No. No. Wow, no. you're dead inside. Oh, no. It's just, oh, God, that is so monotonous and just, like, I what felt like it? I was beating my head against a brick wall. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, it was just like, I don't know. I like metal. I like, you know, heavy stuff, and that's kind of what I listen to, but no. I could, you know, that I think that was enough. I've heard enough of that for a lifetime. I'm good with that. Okay, but, you want uh, some metal? Well, Here we go. Here's well, some metal. Black Christmas. That's horrible. Yeah, that wasn't fantastic either. Well, I don't know, where are you digging this stuff up? Digging is the operative word, because some of it sounds like it's died. All right, let's do this <laughs> then. Let's let's try this and see if this will touch you. This is the Vindictives. Let's throw some punk into the mix. Nothing for Christmas. This is Joey's band. Tell me if um, this rattles your cage any better. Happy birthday. To you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, dear Jesus, happy birthday to you. Alrighty, a little bit better for you, Fern. Oh, that's my favorite so far. Actually, I think I like that better than the original. Well, there you go. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, yeah. Once again, punk rules, right, Odell? Punk that's always it. wins. Punk always saves the day, doesn't it? All right. I, I, the punk, the punk covers are the, usually the better ones too. I mean. Yeah, and I've got a bad religion one here, too. I'll play that in a moment, a bit of it in a moment. Hark the Herald, Angel Sings. But let me go over this list real quick. This is Rolling Stone's best Christmas songs of all time. I think there's about 12 of them here. You guys tell me yay or nay. Um, Darling Love, I've never even heard of. Have you guys heard of Darling Love, Christmas, Baby Come Home? Is that the Christmas Baby? Yep. That's Santa Baby. 
Yeah, yeah, Santa Baby. Oh, no, no, Santa Baby. I listened to it today, and I thought it was pretty good. It's kind of Motown sounding. What's it called? Uh, I know it's one. Christmas Baby, Christmas Please Come Home. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've heard that. Okay, no. let's get to John Lennon, <clears throat> Happy Xmas. Yeah. You guys heard that? That's a great uh, one. War's Over. I don't think so. Yep. I think I've heard that over. one, and I think, yeah. You've heard it. You've heard it. You've had to hear it, because, I mean, I, yeah. some of these I didn't even know that I had heard, but I had heard that song before, and that's mm-hmm. on the list. Okay, um, Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas, I listened to that today. I thought yeah. that song. I hate yeah. that song. I hate that song. I can't stand Mariah Carey. She, <sighs> yeah, yeah, she used to be able to do that screamy thing, really high-pitched crap, but I can only hear that for so many decades before I'm sick and tired of her. And God, thank God I'm not the she, only one. Oh, God, no. And then after she and Nick Cannon were married, and then she, like, basically kicked him out or whatever because she was always being a mean little snot chick. She's a total diva. Like, if you've ever actually seen her being a real human being, she's a complete total diva. She's totally freaking stuck up. She's not. I can't stand her. And she's, I mean, she's old. She's like, so you're happy. Yeah, she's but done. Just... Huh? Oh, you're happy. Yeah, it's just... hilarious. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> All right, yeah. Beach Boys, Little St. Nick. I think it's too surfy sound. It didn't sound like Christmas music to me. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've heard song, Surf and dude. Santa. Like, That's there is a song fun. called Surf and Santa. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's cute. Why not? Eh, it's not it's a definitely fan. Beach Boys. It's definitely Beach Boys. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, here's a good one that was in Home Alone, and I didn't even know I knew this song. Chuck Berry, Run Rudolph Run. I thought that was a great song. Yep. Yeah. Yes. I guess we all agree on that one, too. All right. Yeah. Let's hit Adam Sandler, the Hanukkah song. Made the top one as well. And yeah. Anybody who says that song sucks, I'm going to have to disconnect you. So I hope we're all in the yeah. same camp. Yeah, no, that's right? an awesome song. I think, I think he made a new one, if I'm not mistaken. Really? He made a new verse. He made an updated version of it, yeah, with, like, different people. Oh, yeah. nice. You're going to have to find it. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let's keep going on the Rolling Stones here. The Ronettes, Frosty the Snowman. Eh, just sounded mm-hmm. like a typical Motown version. I wasn't touched mm-hmm. with it. Yay or nay? I guess you guys probably aren't even familiar yeah. with it. Um, okay, this was horrible. Um, Bono, Phil Collins, Boy George, Sting, um, George Michaels, I don't know how you get all these entertainers together and cut like a 12-minute song that sucks so bad. But Band-Aid, do they know it's oh, yeah. Anybody ever heard do this train wreck of a song? Heard it? I I know it. I that have not heard this song. And and not that I Yeah, it's... Um, Something about do they have Christmas in Africa or whatever? And mm-hmm. yeah, it, yeah, it's I don't know. If you actually listen to the words, it's actually kind of depressing. But like because Pierce Pierce is on it, there's a whole bunch of people on that bad boy. Yeah, like everybody in the universe is on it. And well, you want to talk depressing? Like I put on the video today. I was listening to some of these for that John Lennon um, "War Is Over" song. And it's supposed to be a Christmas song, and it's all these, like, images of children being, like, dead children in the streets and stuff. And I was like, well, this isn't getting me into Christmas spirit. This is freaking horrible. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Was, sort of, that, that was John Lennon. So that was that was sort of a, you know, hey, everything's good here, but, you know, remember what's going on overseas type 
deal. Yeah, I get it. Just, you know, it was depressing. Now, in contrast, we've got Paul McCartney, uh, Wonderful Christmas Time. I'm oh, sure yeah. Heard that oh, song. I love that song. I love that song. I'm a huge Beatles video. fan anyway, but yes, definitely. That's the best part. There was, like, no dead kids from the Sudan in that video. No, and there's little kids singing, too, so it's, like, it's super cute. Yeah, those yeah. kids are singing. They're not sitting there with toe tags on them. Yeah. Okay, right, I know them all. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. I think everybody knows that song. Right? Yeah, yeah. Classic. We all did with been. that one? Yeah. All righty. Next up is Darling Love Again. She did this song for Saturday Night Live called Christmas Time for the Jews. Back in 2005, and I watched a video, which is actually just claymation of her singing it on a show, and it was just awful. Have you guys ever seen that? Never heard of it. No. Okay. I think I got one. Oh, there's another one. Uh, Kanye West. I've never heard this before today. Christmas in the park. What is going on with this guy? <laughs> that guy is on a whole I used to really like Kanye West. Like pre Kim Car I think it's Kim I am telling you, man, it's the Kardashian thing. It's like Kardashian I mean, effect. I think it's the Kardashian yeah. effect. Yeah. I really do. Those women are like Ebola, right? I think so. Uh, pretty much, yeah, yeah, because it just—I I mean, somebody can be cool, and then they get a Kardashian, and everything just turns into this giant, crazy circus. It's like being on on Nineteen Kids and Counting. Once you've done that, <laughs> there's no coming back. There's just, or or being friends with Sarah Palin, you just can't do it. Nope. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> God. Uh, well, there you go. So you guys, um, you know how many different Christmas songs are out there, hundreds if not thousands. Does Rolling Stone have it right? Are those the 12 greatest Christmas songs of all time? Uh, I, I, I think they go by out sales. And so I think, like, if this was my personal belief, my favorite Christmas song is the one, it's uh, Stevie Wonder. They actually turn it into an Apple commercial, like it's like him and, and his daughter, is singing it, but Aww. he did that song years ago. Like you know, that was oh, actually. That's his daughter. Yeah, that's his daughter. Seriously? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah when the it, apple does uh, not fall far from the tree. Let me tell you what. No. Like I, I know which one you're talking about. She is yeah, amazing. Absolutely. If you get well, they have that one, and they have the Tony Bennett one with Lady Gaga. Like that's the one I saw first with Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga yeah. singing "It's Cold um, Outside," and I was yeah, like, "Oh, I that's pretty time. cool." And then I saw the Stevie Wonder one. I was like, "That is banging." Yeah, that's that daughter. is mm-hmm. great. She actually, um, they did a Grammys. You know how they do the Grammys tribute to a particular artist? Well, this mm-hmm. year they did it to they did it to Stevie Wonder, and she came out because um, the song "Isn't She Lovely." That's that's his mm. tribute to his daughter. So when um, he was doing, in the middle of that song, she came out and sang Isn't He Lovely to him. He didn't even know she was coming out. Aww. And wow. reversed it. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was a tearjerker because you're like, wow. Because if you listen to the original recording, his daughter, he's like bathing his daughter. You can hear all the little, he put all that stuff in there, like hearing her as a baby and doing stuff in the song. But um, 
my favorite besides that is the uh, David Bowie uh, Bing Crosby. That that uh, drummer boy, oh. I think it is, little drummer boy. You know, David Bowie, album, anything, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I can imagine. I don't think I've heard it, but I can imagine. Oh, you I, see, Nick, you've seen it. Like they, they're both wearing the ugly Christmas sweater, like the red. And yeah, David Bowie yeah. On oh, piano, yeah. And Bing comes in. He's like, "Hey, David. Hey, Bing." And then, then it starts singing. You're like. You never would imagine that in a million years. But I know. It worked. Yeah. <laughs> I always get him mixed up in my head. He did a song with uh, Mick Jagger, right? Like, don't they have a yeah. duet? And didn't he do? Did he? Who was it that did "Say Say Say" with Michael Jackson? Was that Billy Joel? Paul. or Was that? Huh? Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. Uh, Paul McCartney. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm really digging yeah. deep in the memory banks. All right. So <laughs> Joey is in a new band called Fairy Wonder Puss. He was in the studio this past weekend putting together some Christmas songs, and he sent us this. It's not a remake. It's actually a song called Christmas Ghost. Let me play this for you guys, and then um, we got a couple minutes left, and we'll say some Christmas greetings to everybody. So let me play some Christmas Ghost by Fairy Wonderpuss. So, 
Jelly's a genius, man. If you've ever heard mm-hmm. Jelly Vindictive's yep. catalog of the, I mean, every album that this guy touches, it's just completely different. I mean, when yeah. you look at um, even the Vindictive albums, like the first album was kind of remakes of stuff, and then you go into the Vindictive album, the many moods of that we all know, and then Muzak for Robots, and then um, the other album that was all about his time in a hospital. Like, and then going into this stuff and some of the independent stuff he's done, man, this guy's just operating on a whole different level, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That was really cool. I like that a lot. That was really good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like I said, man, I'm blown away. When he sent that to me, I took a list and I was just blown away. Wish he could have made it in today, but hey, I knew he had stuff going on, so I was just keeping my fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. We've got eight minutes left. I want to thank everyone for listening tonight. I know the format was a little rushed because I had so much Christmas cheer I wanted to spread tonight and talk about. But I do want to wish everybody out there in Ignorance Equation Radio Land a Merry Christmas, man. These are turbulent times. I know Fern and Dee have been helping me go through some things. Um, I don't know exactly how I want to tackle 2016. Anybody who follows my videos, and I'm writing for um, If You Only News now, so anybody that's kind of following what I'm doing can tell that my tone has been very melancholy lately, and I'm trying to be the exact opposite. But things are pretty fucked up in this country right now. Add Donald Trump to the mix, man, and it's like, you know, it makes part of you want to hold those close to you even tighter and appreciate everything you have, but then the other part is kind of like, holy shit, man, like, am I even going to have a Christmas 10 years from now? Or is this planet going to be a cinder? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nature. Mm-hmm. So anyway, somebody say something happy now that I brought the whole tone down. <laughs> yeah, now uh, I want to go hang myself, Nick. I mean, I was all wrapped in presents and being happy right. and smiles on my face thinking about how I'm going to trick my kids and me get, to give them their cool gift lady. Now I just want to put a cool gun in my mouth. Thanks. You uh, Donald no, no, Trump? Here, no. Here's one for you. Party. I got one for you. Okay, so everybody knows that Lady Gaga can, you know, she's a great performer, whatever. Well, um, just in case anybody missed it, a couple of years back, she was actually on the Muppet Show or Muppets or something with um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and they did Baby It's Cold Outside, but mm. flipped so that he actually had the first part and she had the second part. It, and you know what? I had no idea until I saw that. But he is an amazing vocalist. He's just—he's huh. one of the most talented people I think I've ever seen. I mean, he does everything. Yeah, I'd I'm love like, to pick that guy's brain for a few minutes. Oh yeah, my he, god, he's great. He sang on the last Muppets. Uh, the he was on the Muppets a couple weeks ago with the the, the Dave Grohl one, and uh, yeah. he was like the main actor, and he sung on that one too. You're like, whoa! He sung with Miss Piggy. You're like, yeah. Wait a minute, that's him singing? Yeah, it's him. Singing. Yeah, he's so so cool. Yeah. yeah, actually, um, he's got, a, and I I missed it for, like, the first year, I guess. Um, he's got a new website that as soon as we're on break, I'm going to actually really dig in and see what stuff I can work on because he's got um, hitrecord.org, and they have an entire first season of a show um, that's on Amazon that you can download or buy on DVD, and they're working on season two. Well, they do all kinds of collaborations with, like, vocalists and writers and, you know, artists and videographers, and you name it, if it's creative, they do it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that commercial where, like, 
it's all with done with the phone and he's in it and there's all these people singing, that was actually made on, on the website. And everybody who works on stuff gets paid and, um, you know. And yeah, he's taking it to the next level. And, oh, yeah, he's freaking amazing. I'm like, dude. So yeah, yeah, there, there you go. Good, good stuff. All right. Well, we got four That's minutes, awesome. so I've already said my Christmas piece. I've laid my Christmas ghost to rest. Um, Fern, what would you like to say to all the fans? Since we won't be talking, well, no, we'll talk to them shortly this Sunday. We're gonna um, yeah. talk about Matt yeah. for a minute and replay that Jamie Farr interview. You know, I mean, I guess the only thing I can say is thank you. I hope you have an awesome holiday. Whatever you celebrate, just enjoy yourselves, relax. Thank you so much for listening. Um, You know, I'm pretty new to this, you know, but I have really enjoyed, you know, talking to you all and the fact that you listen. And it's just, it's really, you know, it's heartwarming to think that, you know, that it's this is so much fun for me, and just thank you guys for your support, and just enjoy the holiday, be good to each other, and ah, get the warm and fuzzies. I love warm and fuzzies. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. D, mix it up. What do you want to say um, to the fans? Uh, okay, waffle iron, tater tots, and <laughs> cheese and bacon. No, no I, I just, I you know, because you, you scroll through stuff. Um, you can do tater tot mac and cheese with a waffle iron, and it looks amazingballs. Yeah, so, no, uh, I know, right? You're making that Dude, for me so when you come stuff. in the summer. You're yeah, totally she cooking me lunch. She put the fibrillator handy for all the. I know, right? There's a lot of waffle. Um, no, I mean, you know, it's cool, man. Everything is awesome when it's around the holidays. As long, I mean, even if. Okay, if you don't have anybody to be around, go find people to be around. There are people who have no one, have nothing, and they need love too. And if you have people to be around, just try not to kill them for at least a couple of hours. And just remember, dude, mm-hmm. what if I never saw them again? Because they're, you know, if you're related, you've got to love them anyway. And yep. I really, 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 really wish I had a white Christmas, even though we're not going to have it this year. Because there's no such thing as climate change, and it's never, ever snowed in December. Absolutely. (laughs) Odell, my friend, you want to take us home with some inspiring holiday words? Um, Like, you know, just first off, Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, Yeah, these times are a little crazy now. So, you know, definitely can't take anything for granted. So, you know, hug your family members close, your friends close. You know, maybe step away from the... uh, the grand soapbox that we call Facebook for a while, and just you know, and just enjoy your family. Wait, wait, you can't live visiting. without Facebook. You can be a separate like, entity. Right. You're not on Facebook. <laughs> no. Well, it's funny because no. there, there's things now. It's like try to get away from Facebook for two days. See how your life changes. I'm like, man, <laughs> no. what happened eight years ago? But um, but yeah, man, just enjoy. You know, and kids are growing up. They're not getting any younger, so these holidays, man, they're very special because eventually you know, the kiddos are going to be like, hey, we want to go out here. We're going to hang out with our friends and do this and stuff. And you're going to look back on these times when they're little ones anticipating Santa and anticipating watching the, the cartoons on TV with you and all that good stuff. So just enjoy it, man, because, you know, times are crazy. Stuff is crazy here in Baltimore right now. So it's just, you know. Yeah, Hong Jory in the Freddie Gray case. Not to get political, yeah. but astonishing yeah, to me. Yeah. 
So, yeah, it's very astonishing. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like it's definitely the time to really try to be close with family and friends and just enjoy this moment because, like you said, you know, nothing's guaranteed nowadays. So Very well. All righty, guys, I want to thank all our fans, everybody for listening. Once again, I've said it a million times, so I'll end on this. Um, you know, the show is only as good and entertaining as our guests and only as successful as you, the fans, allow us to be. So thank you and Merry Christmas. Please be here Friday. We're going to be playing trivia against Alexander Lee, Christmas trivia at the boot. And Wednesday, we'll be back right here. Um, Adele will be doing family stuff, but I'll be here with Warlock, and we will have Corey on from Warrior Soul. And we will end with a song that Adele sent me. Here is some Bad Religion, one of my favorite bands. Doing Heart to Herald Angels Sing. Merry Christmas, yeah. guys. You too, bro. Heart the Herald Angels Sing. Glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise. Join the triumph of the skies. With the angelic hearts proclaim. Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark, the herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn King. Christ the highest heaven adore.